0: the state of lending. Finding a lender that will invest is really important.
1: Welcome to the Mortgage Impact Podcast, your home for industry-related marketing, branding, leadership and technology news, best practices, and more. Whether you're a loan officer or a senior executive, this podcast will help you make an impact in the mortgage industry. Now, here's your host, Jake Bailing.
0: Hey there. Welcome to another edition of the Mortgage Impact Podcast. I'm Adam O'Daniel, your host today, filling in for Jake Failing, And we have a treat for you because our guest today is Greg Richardson. Greg is a senior advisor for capital markets and strategy at Movement Mortgage. He's been in the industry for three decades going through senior leadership roles at First Union, Wachovia, Wells Fargo, a number of other uh, companies in the industry, and Greg, we're just honored to have you here today.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here. It's been, it's been a crazy year, and looking forward to 2019.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and that, that's what we want to talk about today is kind of your expertise in um, the markets, kind of how they're, they've been so volatile to end this year, and then where we're headed into 2019, maybe some of the key themes to look at, interest rates, obviously, what the Fed's going to do, housing market and what we should expect there. And I think it'll be uh, some really good information for all of you, our listeners. We've spent a lot of time over the last couple of months talking about branding and marketing and technology. And so today is a great chance for us to pivot into the nuts and bolts of what kind of drives the mortgage markets. And Greg is um, certainly at the top of the list of experts in that space. So uh, Greg, let's, let's just jump in and, and talk about where we've been the last few weeks here as we've wrapped up 2019. They've been volatile. The markets has kind of been all over the place.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it has been a crazy year. I mean, I don't need to tell the listeners here that, you know, rates are higher, um, certainly a lot higher than they were a year and a half ago. You know, we, at the low of 350 basis points, now we're, at you know, right around 5%. And so there's been a move. And, you know, it's been interesting across all spectrums of capital markets. Obviously, any of you who have uh, investments in equities, you've seen, you know, the highs and the lows, quite frankly. We, we're now trading somewhere 2 to 3% uh, below where we were at the beginning of this year. And, and from the highs of this year, which really was only in October, uh, we're down over 10 percent. And we're basically in bear market territory at this point. So and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think if for those of you who read the blog that we put out every Friday, I mean, we've been talking a lot about what's been impacting rates and what's been impacting equities. And really, it's a, a lot about The uncertainty that's going on globally. I mean, globally, economics and countries aren't doing all that well. I mean, we obviously have the um, you know trade war with China, and and we have the new NAFTA, and you know things are still out there and being worked on, and creating a lot of uncertainty. And guess what? Equities don't like uncertainty, and it creates a lot of volatility. And you know, we also have a Fed that's been on the move. They've raised eight times. Uh, more than likely, they're going to raise again this week. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see where things go in 2019. But it, it, it's been it's been a crazy year for sure. Lots of volatility.
0: So that's where we're at. We're, we're wrapping up the year. Tell us kind of what you see as, as the key things to watch out for in 2019. Well, first,
1: first of all, let, let's talk about rates. Okay. I mean,
0: number one, I, we've been talking
1: about in our blog, you know, I don't really see rates going much higher. Yes, they, I I do see them higher, but there's almost, I almost feel like there's a ceiling just because of this inversion of the yield curve that we talked about that until we really see meaningful inflation and really growth getting out of control, rates are going to stay relatively benign on the, on the 30 year fixed rate side. You know, the NBA, if you look at their projections, they're projecting actually flat at 5.10, 2019 through 2021. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that seems like a pretty conservative way to think about the world. But you know what that really means is, is that we're going to get to a point where we top out on rates not too far from where we are today. And you know that paradigm is, is is actually a good place to be. When you look historically over the last you know eighteen years, the median rate was four point six five percent. We're really not that far away, and we're as high as seven and a half percent in that time frame. So, we have a long way to go before we get back to seven and a half percent.
0: Yeah, certainly rising rate environment, but might be a little unfair to say it's a high rate environment when you look at the historical on a
1: historical absolutely I mean you know rates were 16 percent at some point we're nowhere near that thank God yeah um, you know and, and you know it, looking at the NBA's forecast and I'll use some of their numbers because I, I actually think they're pretty close on and, and honestly if you look at th- you know, NBA versus Fannie Mae versus Freddie Mac—they're all generally in the same place. And the good news for for us at Movement Mortgage, being a purchase-centric lender, there is going to be continued growth in the in the purchase origination space over the next several years. You know, year over year, we're, we're going to probably close out 2018 around 1.2 trillion in purchase money, just slightly below that. You know, the NBA has us at about 1.235 trillion next year, and then another another 15 billion over that in the following year. So what does that mean? Well, that's just great opportunity for us at Movement Mortgage to continue to look to purchase buyers to finance their mortgages for them. Uh, it's it's all that the key is just staying in front of them. And, you know, the other thing we, ha- we really need to look at, too, is, you know, where do we see you know, the growth of our economy yeah, going? I great mean, question. You know, when you look globally, I mean, there's more and more concerns around, not only domestically here in the States, which, quite frankly, we're actually, we're actually doing pretty darn well. I mean, when you look at last, last quarter, we were at 3.5% on GDP, you know, 4.1% the quarter before that we're going to see some moderation. I mean, things are starting to slow down globally, which will have impact on what we do. You know, the U.S. dollar has been incredibly strong. I don't actually see that being as strong in 2019. Well, that just all means that things are going to start slowing down a little bit as it relates to GDP. And, you know, I'm thinking we're going to be somewhere between two and a half to 2.7 percent GDP next year on average. If you look at the NBA, they think it's going to be closer to 2 percent. I think it's a little slow. Um, and so what does that mean without any real inflation? It, it really means, you know, 2019, the Fed has raised four times this year. We'll have raised four times by the end of December. I don't really see them right now, especially with all the volatility that exists in equities and everything going on around trade. I, I just think, you know, Jerome Powell, he's, he's actually starting to talk like, you know, they may be set for a pause here. Yeah. And, and the market's starting to see that and hear that. And, and the Fed speak around the country has been that. So, you know, if we were having this conversation a month ago, the Fed was going to raise another three to four times next year. I don't see that happening. Maybe one at most two times, you know, and that brings the Fed funds rate to close to 3%. Um, so, you know, that would that would basically have meant we've raised 10 times since we the, the Fed's first started raising rates several years ago. And so that's a pretty meaningful move. And it And they've been really worried about inflation. And the reality is we just haven't had any inflation.
0: Yeah, it just hasn't been there, not in the way that maybe it was expected. It just hasn't been nearly as robust as some people thought it might be. And so, you know, could it be seen as a good thing to take a little pause on these rate hikes if if growth is going to start to slow down a little bit in certain areas in 2019, certainly globally, maybe some here at home? Doesn't seem like such a bad thing that the the Fed might slow down that rate instead of having three or four in 2019. Maybe it's just one.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think it's time for them to pause and let let's just sit back and see what the effect they've created by having uh, raised eight times, and it looks like probably up to ten times by by let's say this time next year, um, and the market is really telling you they don't expect the Fed to really raise much more, and, and quite frankly, or there are any inflation. And that's why we have this flattening of the yield curve. The Fed has been raising rates rather aggressively, and the short end of the curve with the Fed controls has moved more rapidly than the longer end because the market doesn't see inflation. So they're not going to raise rates on the, on, on the longer end.
0: What would have to happen for the Fed to surprise um, us from where we sit right now? and for for rates to make, for them to maybe take an action where they raise rates three or four times next year? Yeah. Would, would inflation just have to really pick up? Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, it's just, I mean, you look at just, you know, oil prices. We've, we've seen a lot of volatility in oil, I mean, to the very high end, and now we're back in bear market ter- territory. Honestly, oil's kind of followed equities here more recently. And, you know, that's just one example of where it's non-inflationary. And, and you know, so the consumer really, when they're out there, you know, purchasing goods, they're not seeing any real increase year-over-year uh, year in inflation. I mean, it, it, it is good to have some increase, right, because you don't want to get to a deflationary scenario where folks are just waiting to buy because they think the price is going down. Right. That's not the case. Um, you know, and we, even in the housing market, I mean, we've had real appreciation year-over-year, year, 5 6 7%. And we're starting to obviously see that slow down a little bit in, in the housing sector.
0: And I've got a couple of housing questions. I think we want to get into that today a little mm-hmm. bit. But one more rate question, and then we'll, we'll kind of transition into housing. You know, no, nobody wants to look at the, the what-if scenarios of uh, bad news on the economic front. But if 2019, as, as some people are starting to say, if, if it does look like we move more into a recessionary environment, would the Fed reverse course and, and bring rates back down, you think? Is that, is that out there at all in the next that, 18 months? I would never say no. <laughs> There's always a probability, although I see that pro- probability
1: relatively small. Okay, um, you know, And honestly, it, it, it's, it's impacted, by not only our own domestic economy, but really what happens around the world. And there, th- I said this earlier, I mean, there is no question globally, economies are, are slowing. Um, you know, quite frankly, Trump's impact on trade and tariffs is starting to make a big impact on China, especially, I mean, their numbers are now coming in weaker than than anyone even expected, even with, you know, the tariffs in place. And so, you know, there's now this dialogue that, you know, China and US are going to actually try and figure out to work out some things. And they, they most recently announced, you know, cutting back, you know, the auto tariffs on the US and China. And so there is seems to be some Movement there, if you will. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so no, I, I don't. I mean, the Fed is is actually a lot more worried about inflation getting ahead of them and staying ahead of the curve. I think we're just going to see them pause for a little bit and try okay. to make the right decision from there.
0: Well, um, let's talk about housing for a second. That's that's what we're all here for. The housing market um, this year, and at least in the mortgage space, we've seen things slow down a little bit. The demand has softened. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about the 2019 purchase forecast is growth, but it's pretty modest growth. That, those weren't big numbers that you threw out there. Yeah. So where is the market headed in housing right now? Well, First of all, at least they're not going down. <laughs> Amen to that <laughs> yeah. But uh, I
1: mean that's a great question. Everyone wants to know. I mean, one of the problems we have, obviously we have low uh, housing supply right uh, That's a given. Uh, another big issue, quite frankly, is you know housing formation is somewhere around 1.2 1.3 million units per year. And you know in the builder community, Builders can't build more than about 1.2 million units. Well, it says okay, that's break even. Well, the reality is you also have this obsolescence rate, which basically homes just go bye bye. Right? Um, they go, you, they're not usable anymore, and that's about 400,000 units. So when you take all that in consideration, you're at a negative. You're you're just creating more of an issue. So it around sounds I mean, supply. That
0: sounds like a, a supply problem is still with us and not going anywhere.
1: It, it, it's not going anywhere, and then you compound that with you know higher rates, just generally speaking. You know we we came not too far ago with rates of around 3.5%. So anyone that had a mortgage refinanced into 3.5%, well, a lot of those folks,
0: they don't want to move right? because they don't want to go from a 3.5% count, rate. Count me among them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, we built our house five years ago, and, and that's right. a huge incentive to stay put, right? Well, we got a great it. price on it at a yeah. historically rock-bottom rate. Yeah, and, you know, and the other
1: issue really is, and it's really if you really focus on the first-time home buyer, you know, the cost to develop, you know, land and all the infrastructure and the building costs the raw material, when you add all that up, it is really, really hard to build a home that is affordable to a first home, first time home buyer. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a challenge. And so, you know, I, I was in a, you know, a round table conference in DC a couple of weeks ago, and we were all talking about this very issue. Well, how do we help create supply? And, you know, there are, there are components of the market where we're focused on, you know, how do we create a more viable manufactured housing market? So, you know, manufactured housing is not what manufactured housing used to be. It it, it looks and smells a lot like a stick-built home. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, how to do that in mass quantities in the right areas, I think, will help you know some of the supply issue, but at the end of the day, it, it just is a real issue, and I, I don't see it going away anytime soon.
0: What do you think about this um, zoning change that we saw? I don't know how much you've read about it, but in Minneapolis this week or last week, sometime this month, recently they ch- they re- made a rezoning change, basically did away with single family, so that you could now in traditionally single family areas build two, three, four unit condos, uh, townhouses to fill in what traditionally would have been single family neighborhoods. And they're saying this is going to help with not only racial disparity but the economics of building homes that people can afford to sure. buy. Uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely real. I mean, you look look at cities
1: like you know Detroit, uh, you know Cleveland, and right. there's been this mass revitalization and in, into multifamily condos. And, and how do you create more and more supply? And I think at the end of the day, those type of entities or opportunities are probably probably more cost. You have the ability to really do it at, at a cheaper cost from a builder development perspective, and right. you can see that happening. So I think the combination of that and manufactured housing and, and uh, quite frankly, just house
0: price appreciation slowing down a little bit will, mm-hmm. will certainly help as well. So we've got, if you look at the environment we're in in housing right now, we do have rates that are going to continue to rise a little bit, but we, we think in 2019 there's going to be a lid on that. So that's, that's some good news there. But supply is very low. Um, there's not a whole lot of relief on the on the near term, but long term, hopefully some of these things you just mentioned will help alleviate that. So if I'm a loan officer right now thinking about my business in 2019, 2020, what are some of the things I really need to be thinking about incorporating into my business, um, or at least things to be watching in the economy to help me make some better decisions about the housing market? Sure. I mean,
1: I, mean, I just think you, you have to stay in front of your your clients your realtor base your borrowers and just keep them educated you know and the reality is rates are going higher but they're just really not that much higher than they were i would even say 12 months ago and you know there are going to be opportunities i mean when you think about a 1.2 1.3 trillion dollar market that's a lot of opportunities for for RLOs to get out and stay in front of the realtors because there are going to be ho- homes being built and there are going to be homes that are going to be sold. It's just you just got to be that much more proactive and armed with good information so that you can differentiate yourself between you and and someone else that you're competing against.
0: All right, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here yep. for a second before we wrap up and and let you go and uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, let's fast forward. Let's look ahead to this time next year. So we're you know coming into Christmas time in 2019. Uh, where do you think the rate on a 30 year fixed is?
1: I think we're still going to be over 5%, but okay. honestly, I don't think it's going to be much higher than 5%, maybe five, five, ten. So, you know, you can do the math depending on the, on the loan you're trying to finance for a borrower. But when you look at 30 basis point movement, yeah, it's something, but it's not really all that tangible. Yeah.
0: Um, supply better or worse?
1: Well, based on the numbers I just gave you, uh, I'd say probably worse okay. for in 2019. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Let's talk about the economy overall. Are we in a recession at this point next year? No. Okay, good news there. Uh, politics. Are we, do, we, do we feel any better, <laughs> as he leans away from the microphone, do we feel any better about uh, politics with a year of having a divided um, Congress than we do right now, or is it still going to be pretty ugly? Gosh, that's, you know, that's a really good question. I mean, with divided Congress, I mean, I think,
1: I mean, I would say not a lot's going to change from where we are today. Quite frankly, um, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty right now. You know, in the White House, and you know, folks are just concerned about you know where does that all lead us in 2019, and then you know, before you know it, we're an election year all over again. And so, what I'll tell you that markets don't like is uncertainty Mm -hmm. and volatility, and we got a lot of that today. And I will tell you that. If if I tell you we're gonna be slightly over five percent by the end of the year, we, we could see five and a half percent by the middle of the year, but but it'll be back down to five percent again. Right. I think that's a little extreme of five and a half percent, but there is gonna be expect volatility, you know, be very aware that rates rates can bounce around and move around rather quickly and just you know, just again be in front of your customer and make sure you you keep them educated and you know don't take a lot of rate risk.
0: Yeah. If you're if you were an LO right now, if you're originating loans, what, what's one or two numbers that you would be really watching closely in twenty nineteen?
1: Uh, well, we'll see what the Fed does. I mean, okay. that's not a number, but the, the, they're, they're messing with a number, which yep. is short-term rates. Um, inflation and growth. Yeah, and, and I'll add one more. We really need to be cognizant of what's going on around the world because, you know, trade wars with very large countries become problematic. And, you know, that ultimately impacts us and could slow down our economy. And then you could be talking about it, you know the recession yeah, uh, at some point, but I, I I really do feel strongly that even though we're we're in this flat yield curve environment, which again historically that's a that's kind of a key indicator that a recession's on the horizon, I I, I just don't see it happening in 2019.
0: Well, Greg, I know you are um, a sought after speaker, as you mentioned earlier. Your blog is well read. Market update that comes out every Friday. So, Elo's uh, look to you for not only market commentary, but just general advice about the, the mortgage uh, space itself. So if we were going to kind of wrap up with a closing comment or thought, what would what would you advise uh, a loan officer in today's environment to be doing as they as they look at 2019?
1: If you're not already doing this, and I'm sure you are, you need to become a trusted advisor to your clients, whether that's a realtor or a borrower. Use the information that's provided. I mean, I'll... I'll tout my blog because we spend time on that, on that blog every week, and it's really intentional to be educational. And, you know, whether you know exactly what we're talking about on the blog, if you can just pull a couple things out of that, that's just a great way to, to be educated um, and be a trusted advisor and, and honestly just leverage all the tools that Movement Mortgage provides you to, to again, you, to differentiate yourself against your competition.
0: Excellent. Well, you can find the blog um, by following Greg on LinkedIn. It's called Market Update. It's online. You'll see it all over social media. And uh, it's emailed out to Movement Mortgage Loan Officers every Friday as well. And uh, Greg, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Oh,
1: thanks for having us. Great. Yep. All right. Thanks yeah. a lot. And uh, happy holidays. All.
0: Absolutely. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yep.
1: Thank you.